Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's the right thing! panel show that wants to do the right thing in any situation. For example, what is the quickest way to stop your girlfriend moaning at you for not putting up the shelves? The answer is to murder her grandparents. <laughs> I'm Danielle Ward and with me trying to do the right thing today, on my left, a woman so emotional even her period has a period. Proving our point. Yes. <laughs> and with her, she won the BBC New Comedy Award, but she had to touch Patrick Kilty to get it. Yeah. Yeah. I've washed my hands. And on my right, no, it's not forgetful and absent Michael Legg. It's a man so tall he has to keep getting his wife pregnant just so he can see her. Justin Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> and a man so white, even Andrew Lloyd Webber beats him at basketball. It's Gareth <laughs> Let's barrel headfirst into the importance of being right. The importance of being right. In this round, I'll present each team with a scenario and they must tell me what the correct thing to do is according to the internet's keenest, sharpest and most deluded minds. Justin and Gareth, here is your one. You're having a dinner party. It's a really swanky one, like on Come Dine With Me. All your favourite living, non-fictional people are coming and it's going to be great. But then the doorbell goes and some dick with a three-year-old child turns up. You said no children. You would normally turn them away, but then everyone would hate you and you get enough of that crap on YouTube. (laughs) You give the child a lovely meal of fish fingers and veg, but they won't touch it. You want to punch its tiny face in, but that's probably not going to help either. (laughs) So what is the right way to encourage a fussy toddler to eat according to Mumsnet? If you read anything on Mumsnet, that that is written by insane, (laughs) properly, properly mental women. Um... I and mental men. And mental men. No, 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 no. no. It's mental women. <laughs> mental women moderated by men. <laughs> That's their slogan. Yeah. It would be dancing and dancing would be a porn site. <laughs> you've got children. Yeah, you've got I children. I have got children, yeah. How do you make them eat? Well, all my daughter will eat is, she likes, I say, what do you want to eat? And she either says ice cream or cake. So you can disguise other food as ice cream. What? You're, you're genuinely interested in it. <laughs> For example, you can still use a cornet. There's some nutrition there. You can pop some spinach in it. Oh, my and then, God. And then in lieu of ice cream, why not a rounded lump of ripe brie? <laughs> <laughs> and instead of a flake, a sausage. <laughs> She's getting calcium and protein and everything, and she'll think it's an ice cream. It's going to be fine until she goes to school, and then you're going to have to drop her off and give the teachers a big box of cornets. Yeah, exactly. So, no, just <laughs> fill these with anything. Anything you put, anything. In this, anything you put it has to be asked. Oh, no, what, tonight I made her. This is, uh, this is horribly true. It's because I said, what will you eat for tea? She's been running in the sun and she's a bit angry. And she just said, peanut butter, <laughs> peanut butter. Oh, I can't have. So I made her rice and peas mixed up with peanut butter. 
she eat that? She ate it, yeah. Yeah, that's like satay. Yes. Yes, <laughs> you racist, Margaret. What's wrong with another culture's food? Um, she likes Thai meals. Yeah, I think it's all right, is it? I don't no, know. it's, no, oh, it's very not impressive. Dead yet. I don't know, I've turned the phone off. She might be dead. <laughs> if this is an ongoing problem, can't you just starve the child? Yeah. If you just go, right, no, you're not eating anything. I reckon you get a child to eat gravel in a week. I am... Um, right, that's it. That's I did, um, I'm not proud of this, but I gave my child some smoked mackerel once that she refused to eat, and I thought, oh, I've got nothing to do today. We'll just stay in this room with this mackerel. <laughs> <laughs> and it sat on her toy box for maybe five hours, and eventually she had a bit. I can't believe I've confessed that. <laughs> My brother was a really fussy eater. My mum used to do that thing of she'd put everything that we were having in dinner, liquidise it all, and put it on a pizza. Meat, vegetables. See, that's, that's Slightly no less different to my ice cream roux. Yeah, no, absolutely. Visually, it's just visually it's absolutely. a better idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hold with turning food into looking like other things, you know, turn them into faces on your pizza or whatever, because I think it encourages cannibalism. Yeah. <laughs> that's what Jeffrey Dahmer's mum did. Yes, I know. No, no one ever talks about it's true. We grew up with alpha bites and now I eat books. <laughs> Does the choo-choo train thing work? That's the method, isn't it? No. That patented method for getting food into it's a child. It's all a bit sexual to me. Yeah, it's just is a, it not? open wide, let the train come in your mouth, girl. I don't, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't you know. Ruin some mothers to have them for me. I don't say that to my daughter, but it's... Do that weird American no, accent. Weird I'm terrified of fish. I'm an ichthyophobe. I hate fish, sea creatures, anything. I can't look at it. And I went to a Spanish restaurant with my cousin and I ordered paella and it came with shell on prawns. He said, don't worry, I'll sort it out. You go to the loo and it will be sorted out when you come back. Came back. He put the heads on his fingers and he was doing Diana Ross in the Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> I've never forgiven him. Why did you order a paella? Yeah, there was yeah. a yeah. first mistake. See, I like fish if it doesn't look like fish. Oh. So once you've dealt with it, that's fine. I had my first ever white bait yesterday and I still feel like I've got eyes in my teeth. Mm. Well, you probably Horrible. have, in fairness. <laughs> <laughs> right. We can all see them. <laughs> I was very, very small, apparently. When I was like sort of a year old, I kept being sick all the time. My parents couldn't work out why. Until that evening, <laughs> they went into the fridge, took out the gold butter, and there were just hand prints. Oh, in my sleep I sleep and I've woken up I was on a diet a couple of years ago I lost quite a lot of weight 42 pounds that's the same as a Labrador anyway um, I woke up with a packet of butter in my hand with a bite taken out of it oh I, my god my subconscious brain was sabotaging me we've got two people on our panel <laughs> who, 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 who have eaten butter I may leave <laughs> producer Ben what are the actual answers avoid mealtimes becoming a battleground Margaret Instead, <laughs> instead, eat together with your child. Often food on mummy or daddy's plate seems more interesting than their own and you might be able to get a mouthful or two in your child that way. Don't give them a huge amount. Give them a star on their star chart if they clear their plate. Uh, try feeding them in the bath. Oh, come on. It's easy to wash the inevitable mess away and while they're distracted with bubbles, you can get a few mouthfuls in. No, it isn't. Someone's accidentally eaten soap that way. Yeah. You know. Feed him on the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> also, when children are, you know, having too graphic, up to about eight months, they associate eating with pooing quite closely. I don't know if yours did this, but every time I feed our son, he does a poo. I'm not feeding him in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> um, this 
I think it's along the lines of the uh, ice cream plan. That mashed potato can act as a Trojan horse for disguising butternut squash, sweet potato, or well-cooked carrots and swede. Do you have to sculpt it into a horse? Yeah. <laughs> I, I lack the skills. <laughs> and uh, finally, they say, be reassured, toddlers have small stomachs about the size of a small fist. So I think you should punch them. Yeah. <laughs> it's about a handful of butter. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, who do you think the points went to there, Ben? Well, I divided them up. Two points to Justin and Gareth and one point to Margaret and Angela. No. All right, all right. OK, Margaret and Angela, this one's for you. You have made a lot of enemies in your time, haven't you? Which is why you've taken a short holiday to Paris. It's such a romantic city if you ignore the fact that everybody looks at you like you've just killed their dog. Nice coffee, though. You've had such a lovely time wandering around the art galleries pretending to read knobby books that you've not noticed that your biggest enemy is following you and they look really pissed off. So pissed off that you have to jump from a building into a skip to escape from him. But what is the best way to jump from a building into a skip, according to Survival <laughs> Kit blog? I, I think there's some questions need asked. What's in the skip? Like, somebody's been throwing out mattresses, we're all right. Yep. If they've been throwing Glass. out in a cactus collection. It, it's, um, it's just some black bags, so you don't know. Oh. Well, you need one of those um, long jaggedy buckets, don't you? I've seen them. A long jaggedy bucket? <laughs> <laughs> no, I We've all seen them. <laughs> Come on, you've seen a long jaggedy bucket. Do you roll in a ball? If you're in a ball, you won't break anything, is it? That is an answer. I'm being a bit too serious. That's my actual answer. You're not coming out of the ground floor or something, because then you just climb out and climb in. I think you haven't listened to the questions. Actually, I have, Mark, because it's in in Paris, so I'm assuming the skip is going to be full of, I know, baguettes and uh, (laughs) Piero's Tears and and wanky films. So it's fine. It'll probably be a very soft landing just on on some dough. Justin, have you ever had to make a dramatic escape from uh, anything? I um, had to run away from Jeremy Paxman. In a toilet. <laughs> I'll be honest, I was quite drunk. So I don't know. It was a drink stew for ITV, oddly. And uh, you basically got a glass when you went in, and then you had to sort of hold on to it to keep getting it topped up. And I was quite held on, quite. So I had about three, four pints of white wine quite quickly. I was very relaxed, and I met Jeremy Paxman in the toilet, so I thought, Lord, say hello. <laughs> and, uh, Why? Sort of, well, I, I was drunk, Mark. I was very drunk. <laughs> and I was trying to not let go of my glass and intersperse it with holding my genitals <laughs> and talk to Jeremy Paxman. And, and I think once I might have weed in my own wine glass. <laughs> and I thought, I'm hurriedly, I, I ran out of the fire exit. So it was at the Royal Courts of Justice, so yeah, it's quite a difficult place to get out of. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody ever had to make a, a dramatic escape? Anybody ever had to jump out of a burning building or climb down an elevator shaft? Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I've got into pickles and then got out of the but I got locked in a school once. Really? Me and my friends were waiting for his dad to pick us up and they locked all the doors and we left the room we were in to go out to the school, found that the front doors were locked and then suddenly these terrifyingly loud alarms started ringing and it's, it's so loud you can't think properly so you're sort of just terrified it's just noise and noise and noise and then uh, Darren's dad came over and he was going like what's the matter and we sort of went we're locked in he couldn't understand us because of the noise and he was going like what's the matter so we wrote down we are locked in and we held it up and I just remember Darren's dad he was sitting there smoking and just went we are locked <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so no, no jumping into a skip. I've never had to run away from anything, but I once uh, accidentally impaled myself on a, on a spiked fence <laughs> trying to get a train. 
Um, you yeah. know that's not how you get on <laughs> train. I'd, I'd turned up to, like, so I was coming back from a gig and there's the railway fence and the train was pulling in just as we got there to me and Carl Donnelly. We couldn't find the entrance onto the platform, so we assumed it had been locked up. So Carl said, oh, let's climb over the fence. And he climbed over and got on the train. I climbed over, being much shorter than him, slipped, and a spike went through my jeans and cut the back of my leg open, just hanging on a railway fence. But this is genuinely what I said. Carl said, should we get someone to help you? And I went, you go, I'll get the next train. <laughs> <laughs> I never felt like such an idiot. Did he go? No, he didn't. They held, they held the train doors open for me, and then the guards wouldn't touch me because they thought they were going to get AIDS. <laughs> but they wouldn't even give me a box to stand on, and you can't even get AIDS off a box. <laughs> it was really, um, that, that's my most dramatic exit, but uh, it was mainly just trying to get a train. How should you land in a skip? I take my T-shirt off and use it as a parachute. Has so anyone t- else got that Tommy Cooper song going round their head, Don't Jump Off the Roof, Dad? <laughs> no. no. That does no, exist, no, right? Has no. anyone else... I Do you want to give us a few bars? <laughs> Don't jump off the roof, Dad. You'll make a hole in the yard. Mother's just planted petunias. The weeding and seeding was hard. If you must end it all, Dad, won't you please give us a break? Just take a walk to the park, Dad, and then you can jump in the lake. <laughs> Go to producer Ben, who has the actual answers. Was the answer a Tommy Cooper song? Afraid uh, not. Yeah, and in fact, I think no points all round. Aww. Yeah, you fucking idiots. Yeah. Uh, so, when your body hits any surface from a significant height, the body folds into a V. This means landing on your stomach can result in a broken back. So you want to land flat on your back so that when your body folds, your feet and hands meet. It's entirely possible to survive a high fall, five stories or more, into a dumpster, provided it is filled with the right type of trash. Cardboard boxes are best, and you land correctly. Who, who asked that question? About... OK, Angela. let's give them a point. Yeah. yeah. Barbara and Angela, point for them. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's time for Agony! <laughs> round our panel get to play at being agony aunts just like in the magazines but with one subtle difference the people asking them for help will actually exist before you advise the audience though you can get your eye in by trying to out agony a real agony aunt justin i believe you have a real letter to read out can you do it in a northern irish accent just to be a bit more like michael dear agony aunt (laughs) i'm 39 and my wife is 36 we've always had a great relationship and brilliant sex but then this new guy moved in next door. He's 30, a carpenter, and seems so nice. 
My wife decided our kitchen needed replacing. I thought our neighbour could fit it so we could save some cash. The work was soon underway, but I got the shock of my life when I got home early and found my wife in bed with him. I feel angry and betrayed. (laughs) I can't get the image of my wife and this bloke out of my head, but what really disturbs me is that I find it arousing. I don't know whether to tell my wife the effect he's had on me or ask her for a divorce. Yours, <laughs> yours M. Leg. Yeah. <laughs> um, Margaret, what, what would advice I would you give this to Michael? poor man to Michael? Yeah. Well, it's a bit difficult because I find most things um, arousing. And arousing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mainly think it's surely not a matter of either divorce or threesome, there's probably a middle road there, isn't what, there? What? <laughs> what, Margaret? <laughs> I think he should embrace it. This could be the start of something that he's found Amazing. in himself that, you know, how do people who are into S&M find out that they're into the stuff their toe? Go, ah, ooh. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know so maybe embrace it. For me the and then the builder. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was a swinger, so... No! I'm 99.9% sure my dad was a swinger. He did run a sex shop for a living, so... What was really? the point one... Well, just, I never actually discussed it with him, but when, after he died... <laughs> this is... Oh, well, I'll tell! Tell! Yeah. After he died, I had to phone people to let him know that, that he'd passed away, you know? Because <laughs> if you think about it, you don't know who all your parents' friends are. So I thought, I'll just... I'll work through his mobile phone. And every now and then... If you think about your mobile phone, right, the people... Like, if, if I was to die tomorrow, my mum would be having a really weird conversation with people who don't know who I am, right? Like... And um, so there's a lot of that. There's a lot of people going, oh, I'm really sorry for your loss, but I don't know who he is. It's fine. And then there'd be people going, oh, my God, that's terrible. That's really awful. What happened? And he was such a lovely man. And I'd go, tell them. And then I'd say, and, um, so how did you know him? And there'd be a really long silence. <laughs> and then I cheered myself up by, uh, every time that happened, I would fill the silence by going, were you one of his parishioners? <laughs> uh, Justin, what advice would you give to this poor man? Um, I suggest he moves out in the fucking 70s. The idea <laughs> oh, the builders come round and I've caught him in bed with my wife. That doesn't happen. Who is he, Robin Asquith? It's not really, it's not really a very good kind of dialect. I mean, no, but, surely but, in this day, they go and stay in a travel lodge or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's only like oh, the And also, oh, my wife's been left at home all day with a saucy builder, and you kind of go, oh, it's a bit. Yeah. It's Northern then, Ireland, Justin. This is what happens in Northern Ireland. It's not necessarily in Northern Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> you were, listen, you were very convincing. <laughs> well, the other thing is if people, oh, I don't know what to make of this. I've seen my wife in bed with another man and, oh, this is suddenly aroused. But it's, well, do you know what? Go on the internet. It's probably full of it. There's, there's probably a I've seen my wife in bed with another man and I'm aroused dot com and you'll be able to find all the images and there will be like-minded people to talk to there's a website dedicated to cartoons of dragons having sex with cars <laughs> that Welsh thing yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, I never made that link but one of them is on a bridge that looks suspiciously like the Seven Bridge <laughs> have any of you been cheated on by anybody not that I know of yeah. Worse, that's the proper way to do it. Well, yeah. Right, right. They're just successful if I am. Surely there's a more modern... If I'd said to my wife, I'm going out tonight to do a podcast and I'll um, be back later, I could be cheating on her now. You, you could, could do it yeah. after this. I'm not offering. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not asking. It's very hard to get... Wow, I'm feeling really... <laughs> I'm feeling very hurt and aroused right now. <laughs> so this, this situation... Yeah. Gareth's been studying yeah, this lesson. I've sort, of, sort of got to, the, to grips with this. He's basically going, does he divorce his wife? Or is he suggesting that they all just 
live together. In like I know. I think it's, in yeah. which case, they could knock the houses together. He's a builder. Job done. Increase the value on the property. I think there's a lot going for this. <laughs> Why don't we ask Ben for the actual answers? Yeah. Okay, well, the answers were um, sort of the middle ground. So I think uh, Margaret and Angela get the point. Um, maybe you and your wife were taking each other for granted. Then seeing her with this guy reminded you how sexy she is. The marriage is clearly not dead, so it would be a shame to end it. Many couples are stronger after such upsets. But she must say sorry and not see the neighbour. Also, talk over what went wrong to try to fix it. I'm sending you my leaflet on cheating to help you both. <laughs> Not, cheating leaflet. not see the neighbour. The work's half done. Yeah. It's not finished the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> right, now you've learned how a real agony aunt does it, let's see how you cope with some problems from tonight's audience. And they look very troubled. They do look very <laughs> Is troubled. Is Roger here? Unemployed Roger. That'll be me. Unemployed <laughs> oh, oh, Roger. Roger. So Roger's problem, panel, if you can help him. He says, I am currently unemployed. See, it wasn't a guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to go on a training course that may lead to a job offer in Moscow. I am excited, but equally terrified. How do I get rid of my fears? What yeah. about Moscow are you most afraid of? Is it the cold? Um, did, did you watch like, some Tom Clancy film or something? The summer is incredibly hot. The winter is incredibly cold. Well, that's like the moon, and the moon's really cool. <laughs> but it's quite scary. <laughs> yes. Is it entirely temperature-based? No, the Cyrillic script is probably a bit scary, and the uh, mafia and things what like that. What are you doing out there? If you're <laughs> Well, and the language, and the mafia, and the food. <laughs> I, I don't speak Russian, though. Is it MI5? I, I couldn't possibly comment. Oh, oh you've passed. Oh, well yeah, you've passed. <laughs> what is the job? I may get lynched, but uh, it's helping rich people avoid paying tax. Oh! It's actually a job description. Yeah. <laughs> I lived in Moscow for a bit, so I can help you. This is where, no, but, to, but can we just say before Danielle answers anything that this is where Danielle thought she'd seen a naked version of Hamlet, but it was in fact an episode of Quantum Leap. So I'm not, I'm not sure that she, yeah, that she's the best person to answer questions about Moscow. Tell you what, you will get to see. Um, I went to a nightclub. And uh, everybody had to check their guns in before they went into the nightclub, so obviously it's quite safe. Spoil sports. Yes. <laughs> no, and what they did was they um, gave uh, ladies champagne if they got on a table and danced naked. And this isn't like dancers, this was just normal ladies, so that's just what, that's what Moscow's like. Is that helping, or is that putting you off? It's going towards the excited rather than the terrified, yes. Okay. <laughs> I've also, also a squirrel eating a bone. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a friend who worked for HSBC out there, so I don't know if this ties in. He's involved in banking. But he had a bodyguard because he was considered an enticing prospect. And he said one night they were quite drunk, writing their names in the snow in urine. <laughs> and he noticed that his bodyguard's uh, name was written in red. <gasps> because that's, <laughs> he was an unhealthy man. <laughs> <laughs> He drank rather a lot and uh, was beaten up frequently. So, yeah. oh, wow. my, oh my God! God. Do you have the number of the bodyguard? I mean, <laughs> I imagine he's long dead. This was about five years ago. But, uh... <laughs> Another thing is, there's no H in the Russian alphabet, so um, they call her Harry Problem. Potter, Gary Potter, <laughs> wow. and they call hamburgers Gamburgers. So, but is it G from Steps? Mm. Is it G? <laughs> 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 G from Steps? It's 
Yeah, has, um, has anybody helped you out? Anybody on the panel deserves your uh, points? You've convinced me to go to Moscow and uh, hire a bodyguard who pisses blood, so yeah. <laughs> so the points to Justin, yeah. I think. Mean. Danielle doesn't get any. No, I don't get any. So round of applause for Justin. Uh, sorry, how do you pronounce your surname? Gustiniak. Are you so Russian? Maybe you should have a heart. No, Polish. I'm not Polish, I'm British. You're married to a Polish man. Yeah, he was Polish-French, so... Still... Do you mean he was a French polisher and he lied? <laughs> 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 well, your problem is I have two daughters. One is 14 years old, the other is 33 years old. How do I get them to love, or at least pretend to, each other? Oh, oh do your daughter's not, are you one of the daughters? Yeah. Wow. Which one are you? Are you the 14 year old? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're the 14 year old? So you don't get on with your older sister? Not really. Oh, she's a prick. <laughs> are you, really? I, I'm just going to stick up for the big sister, because I've got, I'm 13 years older than my brother, and um, are you annoying? <laughs> <laughs> My brother, honestly, the day before I had to give it in, hid my A-level theatre studies coursework. And I was going frantic, and I had to read... I stayed up all night, redid it all. Oh, my God. And then he was five, I think, at the time, or maybe a bit younger than that, and then just laughed at me the next day when he got it from under his mattress. I've never forgiven him. <laughs> what's wrong with her, 14-year-old? Yeah, what don't you like about her? <laughs> She's just a bit annoying... Details. It's generally annoying. I don't have much help, but can I buy this as a sitcom? <laughs> <laughs> can we do a thing later? Yeah. Uh, the only thing I can think of, uh, I was walking through Cardiff the night that Take That were in town. Oh, you've lived. And, uh, <laughs> and there were, there were teenagers. So basically, that's the only thing I've seen that can just unite generations of women, is a love of Take That. Okay. And the love of a man with the surname I Orange. Do you like Take That? She's no, no, I'm, I, I'm, um, I'm, I'm the age I am, and my sister. <laughs> my sister's 19, and she recently got pregnant, and it's bonded the family. So no, maybe no, we're not saying that. No, no, we are not recommending an underage girl. Oh yeah, you only think yeah. Give it a couple of years, <laughs> and then she can be an auntie, and you'll all get on. Maybe the older one could. Yeah. yeah, oh no, actually, yeah, that's a better yeah, one. That's a better <laughs> one. <laughs> Maybe your 13-year-old sister should get knocked up and then you could be a lovely auntie and you'll all bond. <laughs> Is she? I'm not saying yeah. the baby's a bad idea, but take that ticket, a much cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody helped you on this panel? Um, it's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave the room, leave them to it. Oh, perhaps you could have a baby and then you might be thinking, oh, yeah, that would be the right. Points for me! <laughs> Thank you very much. It's time to ask the expert. Ask, 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 ask. In this round, our panel have to try and work out what a real, actual expert would do in any given situation, and they're not allowed to ask their mums for help. So please welcome expert historian Joshua Levine. Hey, Joshua. What bit of history are you an expert in? Well, I've written books about the First World War, Second World War, uh, Northern Ireland troubles, 20th century, basically. Fighting. 
Writing, yeah. You write the fighting. Fighting, for writing about fighting. Fight, yes. Writing about fighting, yes. <laughs> well, you only write about things that rhyme. Uh, yes, <laughs> as, as a rule. Um, and uh, can you explain to us quickly what a double agent is? Yes. Um, a double agent is somebody who is pretending to spy for one side, but in fact is under the control of another. So, for example, during the, the Second World War, the Germans thought that they had lots of spies in Britain, but actually they didn't have any at all because every single one of them had been turned by the British and were sending them... <laughs> this, no, no. Don't take sides. So, yeah, so, um, I mean, there the, the were spies here for short periods of time, but all but one were caught. But one wasn't caught. One um, shot himself in, a, in an air raid shelter in Cambridge. But all the others were, were actually caught. And then they were sent to a, a spy prison, mm -hmm. which is round the corner from Richmond Tube Station, and they were basically either turned there into double agents, or if not, they were pretty much all executed. What a lovely wow. way to start! <laughs> Sorry. Um, if you were Nicholas Lindhurst in Goodnight Sweetheart <laughs> <laughs> and had a time portal back to World War Two, would yeah. you choose to stay back in time, or would you stay now? Oh, I, I th I'd be here now. I, it's, it's a good question. I don't. Th even though it's quite tempting to think, you know, I'd live at some point in history, yeah. unless you were really rich. Basically, it's just better now. I mean, you know, we'd all be dead from our appendixes at, at 12, and it's, it's just better now. What you could do is you could have your appendix removed now, and then go back to <laughs> I know I couldn't be a good spy, double agent, because, like, you know, when you go to America and you have to fill in that card, and one of the questions genuinely is, like, are you involved in espionage or sabotage? <laughs> and I can't lie on those things. <laughs> <laughs> How yeah. good were the Germans at turning English agents? Uh, not, not nearly as good. I mean, the point was, the German Secret Service was quite corrupt, and they were also so fearful of the, the sort of German hierarchy that a lot of the time, as long as they had agents who were sending back information, they didn't really care whether they were telling the truth or not. So some of the agents got away with just terrible lies. Like, you know, one, one man who was pretending to be a spy, but at this time wasn't even in Britain. He was actually living in Lisbon, and he was getting all his information from library books, from a book on the British Navy, <laughs> from magazines, and he sent back a report saying he'd been in Glasgow, and he actually wrote that Glasgow men will do anything for a pint of wine. <laughs> and they didn't question it. They just, no. just let it Who go. Who would? <laughs> Our main problem now is that the experts we're getting are a bit too good and interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and whereas we just used to take the piss out of people, it's now it's a bit problematic because I'm really interested. Gareth, uh, do you have a question? Yeah, spy prison yes. that you mentioned. Yes. Has anyone done a sitcom about that? <laughs> it's old you should mention the spy prison, because our first scenario is about that. Your name is Lieutenant Colonel Robin Tin Eye Stevens, oh, and you're the head of a top-secret <laughs> MI5 prison in wartime London. But what is the right way to determine if a captured enemy spy is ripe to be turned into a double agent? What do you think Joshua would say? Do you like Hitler? <laughs> well, you start with that kind of question and then break them down. I don't know, I'm not an expert. <laughs> is it like mangoes? Do you give them a yeah. squeeze? Yeah. <laughs> the best. Well, I don't know, just see how quickly they change their mind over something. Say, so, listen, uh, what do you want for lunch? We've got <laughs> chicken or pork. Oh, chicken. Oh, actually, the chicken's off. Do you want pork? Yeah, all right. And that, and then, all right. Then, yeah, then, that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine's are weak and soft, and you know you can, yeah. Do you yeah. just live with them for a couple of weeks and then decide who's most annoying? It's not Big Brother. <laughs> just, oh, I can't stick him. Kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right in thinking 
that Tin Eye Stevens invented good cop, bad cop? He did, That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He called it blow hot, blow cold. But he used all these things. He used, he used something called Cell 14, which is like the worst place in the world, where he put spies in there. And they made up all these stories that, you know, people had died in there, that it used to be a mortuary, all this kind of stuff. And normally, within, within a couple of days, people were talking, because it just played on their fears. And why was he called Tin Eye? Because he wore a monocle. Oh. Oh, well, that's less interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is the actual answer? Um, well, you're sort of right. I mean, you know, part of it is, will they be turned? You know, the vast majority of the time, they were perfectly willing to work with the British because it meant they stayed alive. You'd also have to find out, had they already communicated with the enemy, with the Germans, when they were actually captured? Because a lot of them were dropped here with their transmitters. And if they'd already communicated, they couldn't be used. Some of them were dropped with wirelesses that, that didn't even work. The Germans were so slapdash. You know, one guy actually was dropped with wireless, so he had to go and buy another part to make it work. And so he was a pretty bad risk <laughs> to, to turn, because, you know, they'd probably wonder so, why. Hang on, so they would just say to them, do you want to work for us? No, it would no, mean you'll stay alive. So I could go, yes, of course I will do this. And then just be a double-double agent. Well, for, well, this is also a danger, that, that they could be a triple agent. This is why, I mean, the people who were working in the deception and in MI5 on this, they were absolutely fucking brilliant. You know, they were all sort of real odd people, who were hyper-intelligent, who had to sort of second-guess what the German Secret Service was up to all the time to be one step ahead. So basically, had they communicated? Were they telling the entire truth? Um, also, the other thing, had their capture only been observed by a very few trusted people? Because if it was big news, mm -hmm. that was terrible. Because obviously it could then get back to the Germans and they would know. Did that they this just guy... execute them in that situation? No, almost always. Sometimes they kept them in prison, but most often they executed. They had a trial. Oh. One spy was actually acquitted in 1940 when you know, they were waiting for the invasion yeah. and a spy went up for trial at the Old Bailey he was probably guilty. And this unbelievably fair-minded British jury acquitted him. What can you say about the jury system that it'll acquit a spy in 1940? It would make an excellent final episode of a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, who do you think we should give the points to for this round? Ooh. I think Joshua. Yeah. <laughs> Justin. Is that possible? Yeah, I no think so. No one's pointing at Justin. So. I think, no, I think Justin, because he asked the best question. He did ask the best question. This tuna chicken yeah. question. Yeah. 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 Question. And, um, before we let you go, Joshua, yeah. is there anything you would like to plug? A book for instance? Yeah, I'll plug, oh, you've got a book. plug six yeah. of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Please go no, ahead. I tell, I've got, yourself. I, the, one, the one that this is about is called Operation Fortitude, and it's about the deception in 1944 that made the Germans think that D-Day was coming somewhere else. And it's all the story of spies, and it's fun, so it's on Amazon, and, uh, yeah, you know. Thank you to our expert, Joshua! <laughs> Scores are producer Ben, Margaret, and Angela have got three, and Justin and Gareth have got five. Oh, right. Right. Okay. oh that wasn't very popular. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. It's do the wrong thing. Panelists, the wrongest thing to do in a situation. The most wrong answer will win you a Toblerone once sucked by Roger Moore. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the round will end when producer Ben's horn goes off. Here we go. You see a nun killing a, a paedophile. What is the wrong thing to do? Put it on, you've been framed. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty wrong. How would, you, how would you know? It would look like a nun attacking a man, albeit, all right, maybe it's a man with those kind of wanking trousers that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What if he's got a cock in a child's mouth? 
you ask. Hey, you're asking quite a nasty question. I'm going to move on. <laughs> Duncan Bannertown offers you £2,000 to come on Dragon's Den and pretend you've invented his new product, a gun for vaccinating truly ugly children. Oh, unruly children. <laughs> <laughs> you can't vaccinate against ugliness. <laughs> Bannertine offers you £2,000 to come on Dragon's Den and pretend you've invented his new product, a gun for vaccinating unruly children. He is clearly trying to promote it dishonestly. What is the wrong thing to do? I don't want to constantly pick holes in these things. <laughs> if Duncan Bannertine, who sits on Dragon's Den with, you know, millions of pounds worth of money, invented this gun and he wants to sell it to... He could sort of do that, couldn't he? You that? are such a buzzkill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Justin, you like this one. The person you are kissing tastes of cat food. What is the wrong thing to do? Neuter them. <laughs> do you just say to them, I'm, I'm really sorry, but I'm one of the two out of ten people who <laughs> fucking hates whiskers. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else's pizza is delivered to your door. What is the wrong thing to do? Take it to the correct address and post it through slice by slice. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a big oh, Jizz on it in the face of our Lord. <laughs> that is a not You're show. not going to outrun that. Is it jizz on the face night? <laughs> <laughs> Let's end that show by saying, is it jizz on the face night? Producer Ben metaphorically jizzes on all our faces <laughs> with his massive <laughs> Well, that's the end of the show. Producer Ben, what are the final scores? Well, Margaret and Angela have got three. Justin and Gareth have got ten. Oh, my God! Ten points in two seconds. This is a legend. Well done to Justin and Gareth. And, uh, what? That's it. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.